Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we talk about the mundane. One thing that we try to deliver is a conversation that will be less than fascinating so that you can just feel free to drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. Follow us on Twitter at Listen and Sleep. Give us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen. I am thrilled to have in the studio today a dear friend, Carrie Griffin. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Thank you, Marco. I'm thrilled to be here, too. And I love that intro. I've been guests on other podcasts and shows, and there was always so much pressure to be fascinating and uh, right. and wild and crazy. Now it's great. We can be mundane and boring. Exactly. I love the, it. The thing is, it's never about being boring. Right. Not trying to be boring. No. Um, because, okay, so for example, that brings me to um, the Pet Shop Boys, Being Boring. You know that song? No, I, I don't actually. I don't remember that song. Called, uh, we Were Never Meant to we were never meant to being boring. Something like that. I only that. remember West End Girls. That okay. was the Pet Shop Boys, right? It was. And That's it was a big hit in the UK months and months prior. Before yeah. it broke here, yeah. It was It was a very interesting thing. So it's never about being boring. Because I found that when I tried to be boring, it sounded very disingenuous and it was just didn't work. Right. And so it's all about just having a calm conversation and not getting too excited. One of, of our listeners put it like two friends sitting by a fire oh. with hot cocoa in their hand I and their feet that. up and just having a conversation. Or can, scotch. I was going to say, can I have a whiskey or a scotch? What's your preference? I, it would be – see, I just started drinking uh, – uh, whiskey and scotch. And again, I don't even know the difference, I will freely admit. So okay. I just sample things. I guess I like scotch. You know a lot of scotch drinkers are gonna, are like pulling their hair out right I'm now. I'm sure they are. I'm infuriating people. I like bourbon. Oh, okay. Because bourbon has a bit of sweetness to it. Now, is, is, is Jack Daniels – Jack Daniels is a whiskey. Oh, see, it's See, a I know. I'm learning here. Jack Daniels is a sour mash. Oh. So it uses, if I'm not mistaken, corn. I think you're right. Whereas bourbon is bourbon. It's a different kind of sour mash. Yeah. So oh. it's a different – and, okay. you know, purists might say, well, right. bourbon is from Kentucky. Yes. And, in fact, I had a friend from Louisville and she's like, no, if it's not from Kentucky, it's, it's not, not bourbon. bourbon. Okay. And Jack Daniels. Tennessee. Tennessee. So there you I go. I love uh, – this is separate. I, uh, I know it's not whiskey or, or it's not scotch, but uh, I love – the Jack Daniels honey. They have a honey flavor okay. Jack Daniels, which I love. Um, but I also love, you know, Jameson or uh, 
uh, what have you, a Johnny Walker, then those kind of things. how do you feel about hot toddies with honey in it? Hot toddy. See, I don't know that I've ever actually had a real hot toddy. I oh, don't man. know. Like, I know the term, and some yeah. people have said, here's a hot toddy, but I think people call any hot alcoholic drink a hot So what is actually in a real hot toddy? Okay, that's a great question, and I'll probably get it wrong. But this is how I would do <laughs> okay, a hot toddy. You're like, let's have a hot toddy. Yes. I would warm up water on a kettle, like as if I was making tea. And then I would get a dark liquor, like a, a scotch, a whiskey, okay, a bourbon. sure. I'd put an ounce and a quarter of that in maybe an ounce and a half to two ounces of hot water. Okay. With a bit of honey. Stir that up. There oh, you go. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like honey, take the honey away and just make it hot. I would make it in a snifter. In fact, mm-hmm. I think that's too much. that might be too much... Um, if you're making it in a snifter, I would reduce the amount of water. Right, right. If you're making it in a cup, like a mug, right, then that would water. be the right. You could also put lemon in it. Sure. If you're not feeling well, if you have like a flu, warming up milk oh. and putting brandy in it with a bit of honey right. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So that's my take on hot toddies. That's, I'm sure I'll look it up and that's <laughs> and not it's completely wrong. Yeah. No. I but, feel like, hot, yeah, hot toddy is just a term that's been thrown around my whole life, and I really have no idea what yeah. an official one is, but what I'm a, all game. What about mulled wine? Again, I've heard – well, and and I, is that the one that, that uh, they order in It's a Wonderful Life? Do you know It's a Wonderful oh, Life, yes. the movie? I, I actually – Clarence orders a drink at the bar, mm-hmm. and of course, he's from 100 years ago or right. whatever it is. And I think it's a mulled wine, but I could be wrong. Uh, Again, I, my facts are probably off like yours. It's, it's a strange it, it, drink like that. It, but I don't know what mauled wine is exactly either. It kills me because I did It's a Wonderful Life, the radio play in oh, yes. Prince George last yes. last year around this time. And it, I feel like it was a punch of some si- some sort because he oh. mentions it and it's like, oh, that's an old, exactly. old drink. But exactly. Mulled, for me, mulled wine is the inverse of <laughs> sangria. So oh. sangria, which is a summer right. drink for me, right? Yes. Now, they're, they're not from the same place. They're not, people, once again, are going to be like, what is he talking about? But right. if you think about it, sangria uses fresh fruit peaches. Right. It's cold ice, yeah. syrups, and all that. It's a great summer drink. And sangria is wine and juice, is it? Or is it wine, or what's, what's juice, wine sometimes with? simple syrup and right. actual fruit juice and fruits, pieces right. of chunks yes. of fruit. I, re- I can picture that. Mulled wine, you take the wine, okay. and rather than using fruits, or fruit, I should say, you used cinnamon and spice, and you warm it up, and you thicken the right. wine by boiling it. Now, you could use cranberries or certain um, winter fruits, figs, and whatnot to really spice up your mulled wine. But for me, it's kind of like summer, you have sangria. Winter, <laughs> winter you have mulled, mulled wine. wine. If that's your thing. Fair enough. Yeah. Again, I... I, well, sangria I've tried. I don't think it's – I'd rather just have straight wine, I think. Uh, but uh, but the mulled wine, the hot drinks. I guess I'm not a big – other than coffee, I'm not okay. a big hot drink drinker. What's your coffee of choice? If, if you were to like – I'm so boring. It's just plain old coffee. <laughs> like I'm not a connoisseur. At home, you know, I, I honestly buy whatever's on sale. Okay. It's generally either like Maxwell House or Folgers, that kind of stuff. I don't get any fancy roasts. If I'm out – uh, you know, I'll I'll hit a Starbucks if there's one, but sure. I'm not above a Tim Hortons okay. if that's what's there. It's really – it's about convenience. Uh, it's about getting coffee inside me. That is really the important thing. It's, the, not a, it's not about the flavor in general. The fuel you need. It is the fuel I need. Exactly. For our listeners who don't live in Canada, oh, when yes. uh, Carrie mentions Tim Hortons, it's a chain of – 
coffee, just regular coffee yeah. that you can get that you find all across Canada. It's a Canadian institution, really. Pretty much. It is. Pretty much. Yes. It's where the term double-double was born, mm. which would be a coffee with two creams. You just say, I'll have it double-double. I find it fascinating that that's only a Canadian thing. Yeah. Like it's, it was, I remember learning that when I was a kid or younger. Yeah. And going, why? What? What else would you call it? I don't know. It's a good question, <laughs> and I and I bet a lot of other countries. And if you are from a country where you use terms that are specific to your nation yes. when it comes to food, I would love it if you let us know. Oh yeah, well yeah. What, the, what are some cool. specific uh-huh. terms? Yeah. Um, I should mention Carrie. Carrie yes. is one of the most talented improvisers in Canada, oh. in my opinion. Thank you, Mark. And that's how I met and and. It's true. Became friends with Carrie. And Carrie, you're one of my favorite people to do improv with. Oh, thank you, Marco. We Um, haven't done it in so many years. (laughs) We literally haven't. Some of my best scenes or some of my best improv work was with you. So thank you. I I hold great fondness in my heart when people mention your name. But we also (laughs) share, besides a love for improv, which we may come back to, Mm -hmm. is both of us studied to deal cards That's at right. a casino. Yes. We were trained croupiers. If you uh, would, yeah. Yes, which is the term. I don't even know what that term means. I, I mean, it means blackjack dealer as far as I know, or card yeah. dealer. Does croupier, croupier applies to more games than just blackjack, am I, I right? Th- I don't know. It's a French <laughs> term. <laughs> I think you've got it as a croupier. You're crouping the yays on the table. Oh, of so, course. Okay, yes. So yeah, the yays. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When I was just starting out in the uh, acting biz, of course, you need other jobs to uh, uh, to sustain yourself and... I remember this was before – yeah, this would have been in the 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was before the permanent casinos in our area here opened up. And I saw an ad in the paper of uh, Blackjack Dealer. We train. Da, da, da. And I was like, hey, that would be a cool part-time job. Sure. So, yeah, I took a course. And I remember – I don't know where you trained, but I took a course that a, a, a guy, a young guy, he was maybe my age, maybe even younger. I was in my early to mid-20s. And he just did it like out of his studio apartment. He, he right. built his own tables, and he just trained people how to how to deal blackjack. It was very odd. And you had to, uh, yeah, practice shuffling because you yes. had to do shuffling so precise and so perfect. Yeah. Uh, and you would then take a test to see if you passed. And then it was about speed too. Like yeah, you had to really and accuracy where you where you place the cards. Yes. Did you did you deal poker or blackjack? Just blackjack when okay. I uh yeah, like it, me, like me. Yeah. yeah, I only did blackjack. They uh they brought poker into the charity casinos later on. Well, I was there, but I never became a, a poker dealer I, and, Yeah. I loved chipping out so giving people the chips yeah. like and using my fingers to do that. I hated doing the mass. Oh, exactly, cuz you had to do it instantly, yeah. especially if it was like a blackjack which pays two – like an odd number. It's not like yeah. just match their bet. It right. pays like two and a half to one or whatever the mm-hmm. heck it was. So you had to look at their bet and immediately go, oh, here's what I owe them. And it was so easy to to screw up. Like, sure. I'm sure I made horrible mistakes somewhere <laughs> along the line, the wrong chip, the wrong amount, whatever it was. I mean if you did something – uh, an error that was against a player, they'd let you know right of away. Course, they, of but course. if you did something against the house, nobody, nobody would say a word, of course. Yeah. They'd be like, this Play at that guy's table. Exactly. Guy's He's paying table. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, does, has that skill mm-hmm. as a dealer made you a better player? Oh, yes. Yes, because I learned the game. And I mean, I still uh, didn't. I'm not saying I'm an expert at it. You can never be. And it's obviously the odds are still in the house's favor. Of course. But as you know, yeah, when you learn. Uh, it, it, it was mainly watching everybody else play. And, and there are 
quote-unquote rules mm-hmm. for playing blackjack. Like you're supposed to hit on – if the dealer's showing this and you're showing this, you're supposed to hit or you're supposed to stand or whatever. Sure. And especially if you're, of course, that last person, the anchor, the person playing at the end of the table uh, because the dealer goes after you to – so you have to sometimes take one for the team as it were right. and take a card when you don't really want to because based on what's come out, it looks like that's going to help the dealer bust or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think I know, I'm more aware of – of supposedly how to play properly to best your odds to win, if that, yeah. Yes. And is that your best game or is that your favorite game to play in a casino? Ooh, yes. I think it's my favorite game to play. I do play poker as well, but I honestly, I've never played poker in a casino. I play poker at home with friends. Sure. And I think I've, just because I've, uh, uh, I mean, I don't go to casinos that much. Right. And I'm making you sound like a gambler. Really don't gamble that much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You can find Gary at the local casino with a scotch in his hand. (laughs) And uh, but I find the idea of of playing poker in a casino intimidating. Not that I don't want to someday, but but the idea of going in and uh, I don't 100 percent know how the setup works of finding your table and then playing with a bunch of people I don't know. Uh, So blackjack is generally my favored game because I know. Yeah, I understand it and I know how to play it. And what are your rules when you play? We know the house rules, but do you have a specific thing where you're like, I'll stay on a 17 or... Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, th- I try to play by the by the book rules. Okay. Unless, again, you watch what's come out, right? So if there's been a bunch of face cards come out, then you're expecting low cards. So right. that might change. I will do that and, and go, oh, there's been six face cards in a row. It's going to be a low one. So if I'm on a... 15 or 16, maybe I'll hit or whatever. I might take one to hope that the dealer will then get something that will bust them. Um, uh, but uh, poker I find way more fascinating because, of course, you're, it's more – I mean you're more playing the other person than you are playing the cards. Right. It's, so it's a whole psychological thing whereas blackjack is just uh, much more a robotic thing. I think you can just – play by the odds of the cards that are coming. Have you ever played war at a casino? No. Oh, it's so great. You mean the, like the kids the card game, game Yeah, where you're like, both of you just flash your card yeah. that you have in your hand and whoever's is higher wins. It. It's so great. But there's, so there's, I mean, it, to me, there's zero skill in that, right? There's is no there, skill it's whatsoever. all the odds of where the cards are. Yeah. So and do then you just play head-to-head against somebody or what, how does it work? The dealer. It's you oh. and the dealer play and you've got your chips and you, so you have to put your chips each, each hand. That's and, funny. Uh, you know, you just play, and then when you hit war, I think you have to bet more, and right. it's like, who's going to win yeah, the war? Yeah. So it's, it's That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that, because as much as I love gambling, mm-hmm. it, it, is, it is like, I'm not a person who's built for it. Like, high-stakes gambling sure. would, would make me have a heart attack, I mm-hmm. think. It's, it, unless I was rich, uh, you know, knock wood. But, right. uh, because, you know, $10, it still feels important to me. I, I'm like, I want to win this. So a game like that where there's zero skill, I think I would love because it takes the pressure off. It's just I'm just playing and if I win, I win. If I, it's like playing the lottery. That's like me. I don't like to gamble much like yeah. in large amounts. And I went to a roulette table and I love roulette Yeah. at a, at a casino off the strip in Vegas. Okay. So it was kind of like happy hour and you could bet. Right. I think it was like you just had to have $5 on the table, mm-hmm. right? So it was a $5 minimum. Yeah. And so I would be putting lots of lots of 25 cent pieces all over and I was accumulating money and I was like I'm really enjoying this. I didn't spend very much at the end of the day. We went the next day and I was doing really well. And I didn't realize that it wasn't during the happy hour or on Saturdays they don't do that. So I was putting 
quite a bit of money oh. on the table, but thinking it was like it was the low. It, it was the right. low, low, right? And then she's like, "Okay," and and I was like, uh, "So I was like, oh, how much did I lose there?" And she's like, "Oh, you had forty dollars on the table." I'm like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> and she's like, and "You had forty, right?" I'm like, "But each piece is twenty five. She's like, "No, no, each piece is a dollar." I'm oh like, God, no, right? So it was one of those things where it was like, uh, "I'm going to quit while I'm ahead." Oh, yeah, here. yeah. Speaking of rules, we mentioned. <laughs> I just like my segue. That was a lovely segue. Um, what are your favorite improv rules? And I'll give you a second to think oh. of that. And or what are the improv rules that you adhere to? Right, right. For our listeners who are saying, "What is improv?" Improv or improvisation is a style of theater mm-hmm. or an art form where actors will perform without a script, oftentimes eliciting. Um, ask fors or suggestions from the audience which they will base their scene on and so they'll just make everything up ad hoc or improvised on stage and a lot of improv uh, adheres to certain rules some improv doesn't require rules some a lot of improv that people are aware of is comedic but there's a lot of improv which is not comedic which is dramatic or business or whatnot are there rules or other things that you enjoy doing when you're improvising uh, sure. Yeah. I also like, and, and not to nitpick about this, but I like saying, because rules always sound so concrete. And of yeah. course, part of the joy of improv is that you can do anything. Like there's no script, so you can mm-hmm. do whatever you want. So I like to think of them less as rules and more as like uh, guidelines to help lead you to success. Oh, <laughs> like I your love chances it. of doing mm-hmm. well or better if you follow these uh, rules. Rules does sound very rigid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, suggestions or. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Guidelines, guidelines. Yeah. Uh, the ones uh, or something that comes to mind is the. Uh, uh, of course, in improv, you're making stuff up, as you said. So it's really important for the performers to to get on the same page and in agreement with what's going on and what's mm-hmm. happening. Uh, so I just love the, the idea that anything your scene partner says is true, 100 percent true. Love it. And then if that's true, what else is true? Like, so how can you add to that and build on that and go, yeah, if they say they love horses, great, then they must also love cows, too, and pigs, and they've got a whole menagerie of animals in their backyard, right. whatever it is. Um, and, and I think the the other uh, interesting part of that is that, because in improv, as you know, we talk about uh, the whole building block of improv is yes and, is saying mm-hmm. yes to things. Uh, but it, it's more agreeing with things than saying yes, in right. that you can... <laughs> You can agree with things by saying no to them mm-hmm. in, in that sense. So if somebody comes into a scene and uh, says, whatever, I'm stealing all your money and taking your house, give me your keys, like, I'm going to say no, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, no, I'm not going to let you. And, right. and but, but we're in agreement about what we're dealing with right. and what's going on. So I love... Uh, because so many people think yes and is actually physically saying the word yes. Yeah. But it's about agreement. It is. And using the and, which is building upon the scene. Adding to it, exactly. Yeah. And I think for beginners, we do push them. You know, I teach a lot and I teach brand new people. And mm-hmm. you do start with just like, just say yes, because mm-hmm. it's so natural for people to want to say no to things. Mm-hmm. I'm your mother. No, you're not. No, and it's right. like now we're just arguing about who we are even. Uh, so you do have to train. It's amazing. As humans, yeah, I think our natural instinct is more to say no to things, mm-hmm. whether that's fear or, or uncertainty or uh, control. Like that's, that's what I see with a lot of beginners or, or people just starting out mm-hmm. improv. It's so... Hard. Just the idea of, wait, I haven't, I, I can't control what's going to happen or where it's going to go or what I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Which is strange because that's what life is, right? It's true. Not to get too deep. But no, it's it's perfectly we, fine to get. We deep. don't have a plan in our lives. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen the next day, the next moment. 
so we're improvising through life. So, yeah. yeah we, when you tell somebody to improvise on stage, it's like, what? People find it so hard. Yeah. I have no 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 one to fall back on other than myself and the person yeah. I'm yeah. in. I don't have words written for me. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I love, the, the, the rule or the way I push people, I think, when I teach lately and try to do this too, is just the idea of matching somebody. Like I think, again, our instinct is to sometimes counter. Like, of course, conflict in a scene is important, but you see 90% of the time someone's natural instinct is whatever the other person starts with. So they say... Uh, whatever, I'm going to cook dinner, and the other person will be like, no, I'm going to cook dinner, and suddenly we're fighting about who's cooking dinner, right. which could be a fun scene, but as opposed to, I'm just going to match you. Great, I'll cook dinner with you, or, or somebody does something physical, and great, sure. just match their emotion. We're both sad, we're both happy. Just mm-hmm. be on the same page and explore it together. Uh, so I love just starting and seeing students just start a scene from, they don't even know what the ch- what it's going to be yet. Somebody just makes a small choice, like, yeah, they're crying, and the other person just matches them. So you got two crying people. Great, let's right. see what they're crying about. Who knows? Uh, so just that idea of being connected to somebody and being on that same page and starting together on something is is usually a wonderful place to begin. Not to reveal any secrets you may mm. have, but where do you draw names from when you're improvising? So if you have someone in the scene oh, to, who, mm. it, who, like you, you need to bestow right, a name, like character names, a character name, or a, a place, a street name, or what? <laughs> no, where do you draw from? That's interesting. Uh, Two things. Well, actually, three things come to mind. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, first is Folks, that... Folks, write this down because it's very key to... First, I will have go-tos that for some reason okay. are the name I always like. Uh, and it'll change. You know, for a few weeks, I'll call everybody Kyle. And then for right. a few weeks, it'll be Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's Franklin and Margaret. I don't know why. That's funny. Those are my names. Yeah. A Franklin comes up in mine a lot, too. Maybe that's, a, that's an interesting one. I don't know a Franklin, <laughs> but I imagine... Franklins, if you're a Franklin listening, I imagine they're really cool, lovely people. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. They yeah. do sound calm. They sound caring. Uh, then, if I'm if I'm on the ball with it, I will pull names from my real life, not anybody I'm good friends with currently or anything. Sure. But but I will I will pull out names of people I went to like uh, grade school with right. or something. I used to do that at Second City a lot. If I had to name somebody in a scene, and I, especially. You know, I would call people Miguel, Miguel Costas, because I went to school with a guy named Miguel Costas. <laughs> Shout out to Miguel. Yeah, exactly. Or Ivan Vukovic or whatever, mm-hmm. oh, which were all people I went to school with. Um, and then, uh, oh, there was a third thing I was going to say, and now I can't While you're thinking, I'll tell you yes. one of the techniques I like to do is if I'm improvising not in my hometown, mm-hmm. I'll use street names oh, in my whole t- right. hometown. So I'll say, like, Dr. Eglinton is here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Mr. Cothra is here. Right. Um, uh, Miss Sororin, welcome or whatnot, right? Yeah. Uh, the other thing I just remembered is sometimes <laughs> I will just, I will make up a name and not, it, like, I will literally just open my, almost like gibberish. Like, mm-hmm. I will just s- say uh, uh a phrase or not a phrase, but a part of a word and then see what the next half is. So I'll call somebody Flognork or nice. whatever. And often it's strange, but uh, it gets to some interesting places. Yeah. I once did a scene with Lucy Evely. Yes. Who was a guest on this show. And it was, we were doing a corporate thing and uh, I talked about a, a dog named Muffin right. in the scene. So I was like, Muffin this, Muffin that. And then we got to sit sit on the side while our colleague was introducing a new scene. And I took a swig of water and she whispers to me, I had a dog named Muffin. 
And I laughed so hard that I spit my entire glass mouthful of water right into her face. So much so that it was dripping from her chin and her nose as we were about to do Mm -hmm. the next scene, dressed in corporate wear in front of corporate clients. (laughs) I'll never forget that moment. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Yeah, I... uh yeah, names are interesting. Mm-hmm. And my problem, I don't know if you find this, on stage, I will, I do this all the time. I'll call somebody a name. Ten seconds later, I've completely forgotten sure. what name I yeah. called them. So I, I either call them by accidentally by a different name or I just uh, hold off on calling them any name. Um, Speaking I'll, of names, you have a really cool last name. You have a cool first name, but your last name is oh. one of those, you know, you hear certain names and you're like, there's no mistaking that's a cool last name. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Griffin, I do like it. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's interesting because it's more common than you realize. Uh, but uh, it is – and it's a first name too. I've known people yes. who have – I've had friends who named their kids Griffin. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's an interesting name. I like it because it mm-hmm. brings to mind so many things. There's sure. mythological creatures. There's, yeah. uh, I guess there's you know Merv Griffin or yeah. famous people that have had it. Um, I once uh, – I once uh, dated a woman with the same last name as me. Oh, wow. So that was, I mean, our first date was spent making sure we weren't related, basically. Sure, fair enough, yes. Uh, our dads actually had the exact same name. Oh, wow. And both our dads, uh, any Family Guy fans out there, are Peter Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, my dad is Peter Griffin. I have an aunt named Lois Griffin. Wow. Who is uh, the mother on Family Guy. The, uh, I don't think we have any Brian's or anything in the family. But, yes, big Family Guy uh, <laughs> references there. Um yeah, I don't know if you know. I have two middle names, but one of them is quite unique too. Oh, I'd love to hear it if you mind. If you don't mind sharing it, I don't mind at all. My full I, name. I won't share my middle name. No, you, know, no, you won't. I, 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 I don't want to press, but I'll let it go. <laughs> my full name is Carrie Glenn Moorcroft Griffin. Oh my goodness! It sounds like a Harry Potter character. It really does. It really Moorcroft. does. What, what's that old English like? That's well, an amazing name. I, I love it, yeah, because it's so unique and it, it does sound, yes, I sound much more pompous than I am. Uh, the strange part is nobody in our family seems to know quite where it came from. It's a family name in that my father and my grandfather both have Moorcroft as a third name okay. as well. Uh, as far as we know, it started with my grandfather. Nobody before him seems to have it, but we can't figure, nobody knows where it came from. I don't know why my grandfather's passed away now, but I don't know why he didn't know why his parents named him that. The only thing we came up with was that we assume it was a tribute to somebody's maiden name in the family, and his grand, his mother or grandmother's maiden name was Moore. Okay. So we think it was somehow derived from Moore. Maybe there was a Crofts. I don't, we don't know. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. A mysterious middle name. Exactly. Are you the first Carrie Griffin or are you Carrie Griffin the second? Uh, I'm the first. Yeah, the Carrie first. Griffin, yes. Uh, Just to make it sound even more. Exactly. Obvious. Carrie Glenn Moorcroft Griffin the first. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. I mean, Moorcroft. I don't – it's funny because I use I – use, uh, I, I use the name Moorcroft. No, I don't use it much when I improvise, but I use it in other things. If I'm writing things or something, it's, I'll just throw in the name Moorcroft. I would, I would introduce myself as it's that. Moorcroft, yes. Yeah. Um, I should mention to our listeners, because I'm sure some are going to be like, what is your middle name? My mm. middle name is Salvatore, which means oh. a savior. Ah. Sal would be your Sal. Sal or Sam is the sort of uh, diminutive of the name in English. And uh, it was my grandfather's name, and I was supposed to be named that. Right. But my mom's like, no way. And so there was a bit of bit of friction bit in the friction, family because yes. of that. But uh, I just – I'm not a Sal. I'm not no, a Sally. No, I'm not Sal. a Sal. So – Anyways, that's funny. That's now, now, do you did your parents do this? Because my parents always told me if I was if I was born a girl, mm-hmm. I was going to be Melanie. Oh, do you know what your female name would have been? Or, uh, um, 
Do you have any idea? I'm going to get – I know what the other names my mom liked. So okay. she liked Lloyd. Oh, Lloyd. Or Lance. Oh, my God. It was either Lloyd or Floyd. I can't remember, but it was – I think it was Lloyd Lance. and Lance were That's the names so she liked. That's so interesting. I don't know. It's like what a, what a departure. And yeah. she's like, no, we'll go with Marco. So I was like, all right. That's funny. It always struck me. I was Carrie as a boy, Melanie as a girl. But it, it's interesting because Carrie – most people think Carrie is more yes. of a female name sure. than a male name. So I was also – I don't know why Carrie – Carrie would have worked on either side. Right. But they only liked yeah. Carrie as a boy's name. My mom liked Lisa Marie. So I would have been oh, Lisa Marie. Like, Lisa look Marie. At that's me. great. Put a wig on me. That's and great. Lisa Marie. Carrie Glenn Moorcroft Griffin. Yes. Correct. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode of The Insomnia Project. Oh, it's been a pleasure. It's been great fun, Marco. As always, The Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions, and this episode was recorded in our home studios in Toronto, Canada. Until next time. 